Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, uh, all of 2020 has been insane. Yeah. Totally crazy. <laughs> uh, that's left us no shortage of fun projects to get into over at Duramax Tuner and Calibrated Power. Right. One of the projects I'm most excited about is the L5P Turbo. Oh, yeah. It, uh, I'm tired of hearing about it, honestly. <laughs> it, uh it's been the better end of 2020. There's been a couple delays, you know, along the way with uh, the R&D side of things, with manufacturing and, and whatnot, and um, the lack of uh, materials being yeah. available at our fingertips, like what would happen in a normal uh, operating day-to-day or year, or however you want to put it. But uh, it, we're coming to an end. We finally have some test chargers that we're going to be uh, under undergoing, putting them on trucks. That's right. Um I I'm hearing within the next two weeks, we're actually going to have like, a, our first test unit on our first test truck. Like by Monday, Tuesday, from what I understand. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited about that. I would have to say my most, uh, it, 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 what I'm most pumped about project-wise is the 6.7 Cummins charger. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, there's no secret. I've been, I've had f- three different test units on my 15 um, this past summer. You know, and it's been a routine of uh, truck gets dropped off, turbo gets put on, uh, a day of driving, dynoing, and then I get the truck and I put some miles on it. I tow with it. You know, I have a boat that I was hauling a lot to and from the water, from the lake and whatnot. So humble brag, bro. You know, yeah. You know, I'm enjoying. <laughs> I've enjoyed 2020 and all all its ability, but uh, you know, working the truck. Working yeah. the truck in different scenarios and kind of seeing how do the turbochargers react. We've we've had some uh, some total losses, you know, some things that are like, yeah, this doesn't work. We've had a couple where it's like, you know, we're we're in the right direction, you know, right. And the the R and D process as you know, we're trying to reinvent the wheel, you know, and you don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work until you get it on a truck that's tried and true. We know, you know, what the capabilities of that platform can support. And uh, I'm really excited. You know, I'm rambling now, but I'm really, really excited for that turbo. <laughs> the L5P is going to be a huge one. The 6.7 Cummins, I think. Those two RPOs are the most demanded upgrade that we have over at Calibrated Power. 100%. Yeah. And then uh, no shortage of demand on the 2.8 liter style. 2.8 is a big one, yep. That's very close. Yep. We'll, we'll have more details about that as that one gets a little bit closer to being finalized. Uh, one of the other guys I want to talk about today and new products was Exergy Performance and their fuel additive. Yeah. This is brand new for them. Uh, they've always been our number one yeah. and sole provider of high performance and replacement parts for anything to do with the common rail diesel fuel system. Yeah. Uh, we get our injectors, our pumps, our our lines, fuel our tubes, lines, ev- tubes yeah. everything we get, we get it from Exergy because we know we're going to get the best possible. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you've ever met Phil, Randy, or anybody else on the team yeah. over at Exergy, you'd know that these guys are the, the pinnacle of, of diesel nerds. Yeah. There's somebody who has a passion for the sport, has a passion for the trucks, has a passion for the community, yeah. and yet still have so much scientific data to back up what they're doing and to lead them into what they're doing next. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah. excited about the fuel additive. Timelines too, Paul. I, I In this industry, it's, it's very easy to get lost in a timeline. You know, you buy a set of injectors from them that they don't necessarily have on the shelf and they tell you a couple days, it's usually a couple days or they have them on the shelf, which yeah. is really Most rare common, for a lot of companies. Right. Um, but they're, you know, they're all men of their word. You know, they put a lot of, uh, 
R&D for trial and error into their stuff. So when when they have a stamp of approval of this is what we support, you, you know what's good shit. Absolutely. And hey, I think the same could be said about some of the really cool products that WC Fab has released yeah. this year. All sorts of dress-up parts for your yeah. L5P, all sorts of dress-up parts pretty much for, for quite a few trucks. Yeah. Um, but but we also we know that we're going to get the fit and finish the same every time. And that consistency is so important when you're a diesel shop owner and you're working on a lot of different customers' trucks. Well, I, these days, at least for me, it feels like you could throw a stone and find a powder coat shop anymore. Right. But finding the guy who's going to get the right color on the right part with the right fitment the first time when you open that box and it's perfect, right. that's what creates value. Well, you got to we know look, we're going to get that from WC. You got to look at the fact of this isn't OEM stuff. So you're not going to be able to go on all data and have instructions on how to install a CP3 pump or an FCA or a set of injectors. Sure. Usually when you're doing a turbo kit or a twin turbo kit or a triple turbo kit or any of the crazy things that they fabricate <laughs> over at WC Fab, it, it, even though they've made other kits, it's a one-off, right, yeah. what you're putting on your truck. Um, and when you pay the type of money for the fit and finish, you know, or the, the powder coating, and you have this crazy elaborate color scheme, and then you have to pull the pipe on, pull the pipe off, put the pipe on, pull the pipe off because of fitment issues, oh. you're, you're going to mess up that, that, that finish on yeah. those pipes. So, you know, investing into a company that's tried and true where you know it's a one and done, you know, uh, that... That says a lot, and there's a consistency that uh, you know Jason and the boys over at WC Fab offer. You, you get a good product, and the fit and finish, you know, the fitment on that product is going to be top notch. Absolutely correct. Hey, and somebody else who I think we're going to, our listeners are going to be really excited to hear from, uh, is somebody who knows a lot about fit and finish. Somebody who knows a lot about tuning, but yet still, Chris, a little bit different than us and our vendors. Yeah, uh, I'm so excited today to bring on. Dusty Hoget from 1023 Diesel up in Alaska. Dusty, how the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on today. Not a problem at all, man. man. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. No, we appreciate it. I feel like we're me and Paul are going to learn a thing or two today. <laughs> uh, Dusty, we, we start all of our interviews off the same way. You got to tell us, man, how did you get your start in diesel performance? Well, I got started uh, with a Dodge which smart man we'll get into that later <laughs> uh, no i got a i got a 98 and a half dodge right out of high school um it was a sexy truck it was a black single cab you know vp truck single cab long bed <clears throat> and uh I, I loved it it was a you know it was a manual so first thing i did i think the day i bought it i went down and i bought a, a smarty for it which figured out later it was <laughs> I could have done better than that. So of course, the next thing I did was to get a, you know, an edge. Uh, um, oh man, uh, juice of attitude. Sure. And uh, you know, tap the pump wire and make some some real power. Um, did some other stuff to it. I ended up doing injectors, turbos, uh, spending way more money than I should have. Probably going <laughs> in a little bit of debt, realizing it's uh, probably going to become an addiction for the rest of my life yeah. and uh, <laughs> move from that to um and what was the next one i got a i got an O three six liter uh, i had both of them at the same time and uh, i just hated my money so i got those <laughs> uh end up selling the dodge 
we were going to have a, got married a little bit after that. We we're going to have a kid. So I was like, well, I need to get some more room somewhere in there. I sold the six liter and I got a, uh, an F one fifty, And I think I had that for about two weeks. And I was like, I hate this thing. I got to go back. <laughs> to the And, uh, so I traded that in for a Larry at six, four, um, which was, I mean, I loved that truck. Absolutely loved that thing. Uh, you know, crew cab, long bed, you know, F-350, beautiful truck. Um, took that thing from here. We drove it down to Oregon and Idaho and Washington and, you know, back up. No problems at all. That was, I was pretty ignorant at that point as to the fact that six floors probably is not something you want to take cross country with a family. But, uh, <laughs> um, but it worked out good. That truck treated me well. And uh, I see, what did I get after that? I don't know. I've had a lot of trucks, but uh, somewhere after that, I ended up with a, a seven three, and, uh, and that's kind of where our where our story starts for the business. You know, I was talking to our friend Mike Aganastu just recently, and I was saying, "Hey, is is Dusty a good guy to have on the show?" He's like, "Oh yeah, man. He got into seven threes and then just went way deeper in it than I ever decided to." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, where we're at now, I suppose it was worth it. But <laughs> That's right. So 7.3. So, Chris, we've talked, I think, in general about 7.3s over time, yeah. especially back when I was driving my OBS. My first diesel was a 7.3. There a you go. And I feel like that's so commonly when we talk to guys. We yeah. have so many interview interviewees who say, oh, well, you know, I had a 7.3 when yeah. I started, and then I upgraded, 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 yeah. upgraded. Dusty, you got into a 7.3, and you were like, oh, man, this is it. Why'd they ever build anything else? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, the truth is, I, I based on my terrible decisions on truck buying, uh, I was broke and in debt. And my, my fallback for getting out of debt was buying the cheapest diesel I could find, which happened to be this this 173 that was an ex uh, oil field truck so this thing was not exactly not exactly a beautiful powerhouse sure. but uh but it was a good experience to get into them and uh so yeah i mean i ended up liking that thing uh when it comes to like upgrades and stuff i went and i bought different you know chips i got a hydra that was actually the first thing i got was a ts because that was what everybody talked about um, then I got a, you know, the, the Game Boy style, like Edge, you know, the Edge, uh, whatever they call those things, the old, old ones. And, uh, and then I got, you know, a Hydra and I got, you know, Swamps Tunes, like all the stuff you read about in the forums. Yeah. Uh, all the stuff that used to be advertised back in the magazines over the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so ended up just trying out different ships and everything. I never really was happy with what I was getting and a lot of that was probably because the truck was a piece of shit but also it just kind of piqued my interest i'm like there's actually a guy up here i won't mention his name i don't know if he wants to be he's pretty quiet but he was very big into seven threes he was one of the first guys to compound one uh on the forums and stuff he uh absolutely just a wealth of knowledge and he was one of the only people that did his own tuning and i don't remember how i got connected with him but um, he kind of got me started and told me, you know, what software to get if I wanted to get into, you know, learning how to tune it myself. And, and I did. And, uh, so I got started with that. I got, you know, um, got some software from Power Uncle Performance and I was like, we're going to figure this out. 
and uh, that would have been probably six years ago at this point. Um, but that was, I mean, that was a great way as changing out injectors, changing out turbos, you know, building a transmission for it, um, getting to learn how everything works together. Uh, I think it was a good truck to learn on. Yeah, man. I, I love that idea of where you, you ran into a wall of, I've tried all of these box programmers right. like everybody else, and eventually they all sucked. Um, so so you, you had that passion. You had that interest to get into learning to build your own, and now you're one of the, the premier 7.3-liter tuners in the country. Uh, we, we find you tagged and 1023 tagged all over the place anytime somebody's talking about 7.3 tuning. Do you, mm -hmm. Can you flash a 7.3 with, like, a remote flashing tool? How, how does tuning work in a 7.3? So you can. You could use, like, an SCT device um, to flash the PCM. But for the most part, you're going to use a chip. And the chip basically is just the uh, simplest way to explain it. There's a port. It's a J3 port on the PCM on all the 7.3s um, that you'll stick a module on it, essentially. It's made to have that. Uh, and that module just acts as, you know, different memory. So you would have like different files, you know, on a chip, insert it. And the cool thing with chips is on those trucks, um, and this is like originally, I think where the term chip came from, and it kind of gets confused with programmer or a tuner or whatever, but the chip is literally a physical, it's just a PCB that plugs onto your PCM directly. It's not a flashing tool. And, uh, the nice thing is though, that we can switch between different, files uh, instantly. We don't have to stop and, you know, reflash a truck every time you want to change something. So do you have like so a dial? Really well. Do you have like a dial in the cab that you can change back and forth from? Some of them do. We've got like the original with like the TS chip. That one had a dial with a six position chip. Okay. Um, now there's a uh, edge has their revolver chip, which is pretty much the same thing. Still just a chip still has a knob you turn and that one's six positions. There's a uh, quadzilla uh, makes an arachnid, which is basically the same thing as a revolver, but it's an eight position chip. And that one also has a, a you know, a dial you turn. Fucking and then the most quadzilla. popular. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, the Hydra is the most common by far. And the one that I would pretty much recommend for anybody. Uh, the beauty of it is uh, from a end user standpoint and from a tuner standpoint, um, it's the only chip that we can like email files, you know, you could load it on yourself. And if you need to make changes, like if you change your injectors, your turbo or transmission or whatever, uh, or if you just need revisions on your tuning, cause well, seven threes are finicky pieces of shit, but, uh, <laughs> then it's super easy to handle. Like it's just an email away, you know, whereas all the TS chips and revolvers and arachnids, all the, all the, basically the knob style chips, uh, they have to be sent back to be reburned. Okay. And so at this point, hardly anybody even burns TS chips anymore. Uh, the files are a little bit different and it's just, it's so much easier to move towards a Hydra. Um, that's typically what we recommend. Now with this style of support, you know, cause it, it's similar to like what we over at Calibrated Power would somewhat deal with, with EFI Live, Instead of a chip, it's OBD2 connection, things like that. Uh, with this tuning platform, is there like data logging support and things like that? Or is the 7.3 crowd? It's a 7.3, bro. There is no data. 
There is there's data. no sensors. There is, there is. <laughs> wow, Paul, made to sound like an idiot. There are sensors, and people should definitely replace them when they don't work. <laughs> Paul, yeah, with Paul electrical had, tape, Paul, Paul with had, electrical tape over the check engine light. That's I, how you replace a sensor. I, I know this. I promise, if you saw Paul seven three, it was worse than your oil field truck ever could be. <laughs> Yeah, so no, don't, don't fix them like that, please. <laughs> so is there is there ways to like do data logging or things like that, or not necessarily? Uh, there is ways to do it, not with the chips, though. Okay. The chips are only going to act as the memory for the files. Okay. So any type of data logging would be through the OBD2 port. Um, and uh, I guess that should be the clarification on chips, too. Chips do not sit on the OBD2 port, so you don't plug them in like you would with a scan tool or something like that, or a flash tuner. Like I said, they do sit right on the PCM. So the, the OBD2 port is still wide open, and you can use, you know, an edge device or, you know, a lot of the older 7.3s, the OBS trucks, uh, you know, the 94 to 97 trucks, they don't respond well to a lot of, like, edge devices um, or the, you know, consumer devices. A lot yeah. of times they do need, like, a, a Ford Enhanced scan tool um, like auto ingenuity or I mean the, the best is definitely like you know IDS but oh, most people don't have that so right sure so now I'm a 7.3 owner let's say I have like a 99 right what what's the most like uh, what what would be like an entry level upgrade or like setup what can I expect out of like a, a 99 to you know 2000 was it 2003 they had the 7.3s was it Early 03, if I'm not mistaken. I don't mistaken. know. We got a 7.3 expert on the phone. We should probably ask yeah. him. Yeah. 7.3, they go to 03, correct? Early 03? Yep, exactly. Okay. Yep. So, what's, uh, like, what can I, what, what can we expect out of like a stock truck, tune only? And then, what are some of the basic upgrades that a, a 7.3 new enthusiast would uh, plan on upgrading? So, the, the first thing to do, like, anytime, this is just for anybody that's listening. If you buy a 7.3, before you do anything to it, make sure it's mechanically sound first. I mean, I, right. I see a lot of people that, that are buying trucks. Um, they're old, you know, got 250,000, miles on it. You know, they probably lasted that long without a lot of problems, but you're going to have a lot of issues. Yeah. It would be like ball joints or U-joints or seals or gaskets or whatever. Um, so definitely get the mechanical stuff out of the way first. Then, power-wise, the first thing to do to make any kind of power is going to be tuning. That's, that's the case with any diesel. And then the first limitation that you're going to have is actually the stock turbo. The stock turbo is a, it's got a, it doesn't have a surge ring and it's got a single plane compressor wheel, which frankly you guys probably know more about this than I do, but it has surging issues. So once we start putting, you know, getting 25, 30 pounds of boost with them, uh, they'll sit there and they'll just surge like crazy. And so that's, you know, where a dual plane, you know, billet compressor wheel, like people refer to them as like wicked wheels or whatever, which is just diesel sized version of a billet wheel for them, um, will fix the surging issue and help with EGTs a little bit. But generally, that's going to be the first step. Okay. And a, a, a healthy stock 7.3 will handle that just fine, typically, I mean, what, unless you really beat the shit out of it every day. What kind of power can I expect out of like a, a super duty 7.3 tune only? About 300 horsepower. About. With, uh, with a hot tune on a stock truck, about 300 horsepower. Yeah. What do they come stock? Uh, to the ground, usually it's about 190 ish, 
So we can gain about 100 to 110 horsepower with just a tune on them. That's exciting. That is that is actually, like, you think about exciting. it, a third of the vehicle's power. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. It's Over. a big difference. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that is a huge difference. Yeah, it's so, 150% of stock horsepower. That is, yeah. that is wild. That is wild. Now... Um, curiosity gets the best of me, right? So 300 horsepower, um, you know, I don't know, like, uh, you know, tra- transmissions are in a whole separate discussion, but what limits you at that 300 horsepower? Is it the the high-pressure oil pump, the injector, the turbo? Like, where's the limiting factor there? The first limiting factor is going to be the injectors. Uh, so the, the, the interesting thing about 7.3s is, um, they're different from pretty much any other diesel injector or any like an HEUI injector versus any other, like a common rail or a piezo, you know, style injectors. The 7.3 has to have the entire capacity that injector is capable of injecting has to be inside the injector before the event starts. So like where with the common rail, basically all of your, your injection pump is creating your pressure and then essentially your injector just acts as a valve that opens and closes. Right. Whereas with a 7.3, all that fuel has to be inside the injector before you can fire it. And so we can't, you know, with the common rail, typically, I mean, obviously there's limitations there, but you could potentially just keep, you know, upping your, you know, uh, pulse width and get more fuel out right. to a certain extent. Whereas with a 7.3, you, you literally just don't have any more fuel in the injector. So the first thing you would need to do if you're trying to make more power would be to add bigger injectors. Um, and then typically the high-pressure oil pump on a, on a stock set of injectors is it's probably going to drop pressure in a race can. Um, it's probably going to drop injection pressure. Um, where a lot of times we get asked, you know, people will go to buy a high-pressure oil pump, and it's so common to just try to replace them with, like an adrenaline or a CNC fab pump or right. something like that, or a T500. Uh, whereas the injectors themselves are usually the cause of pressure issues okay. where they'll just start leaking over time. And so a lot of times, like if you have a ton of miles in the truck and you know it needs injectors, I usually don't recommend buying a high pressure oil pump unless until you replace the injectors and see if that fixes the pressure issue because uh most of the time that is the problem why did the injectors the injection oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there i was just going to ask why did the injectors fail or do they not fail and they're just at their physical limitations of effectiveness so i'm not an injector guru when it comes to building them i don't know what all parts are the reasons that they fail okay um i i honestly that's a better question for a builder but I do know that they do get internal leaks, like the nozzle springs can break over time. Um, yeah, I, I really can't give you a, a perfect enough answer okay. for that. But they definitely start to get to the point where you'll get, or you'll get like if there's a after time, like if you get a lot of water uh, in your fuel, which eventually enough water does go through the injectors that um, you'll get scoring inside the inside the barrels. Um, and then you have, you know, bad starting issues or you don't really have stiction issues necessarily. Um, but you end up with like a lot of like smoke on startups and 
or just low pressure from leaks on the top side or, or internally. Okay. Uh, yeah, honestly, that's a better question for an injector builder than for me. So cool. 300 horsepower, injector limited, swap out injectors. We don't really need to get too much in depth on that because depending on the size injector, can support fuel volume for X amount of power. Next limiting factor, turbo or, or high-pressure oil pump, would you say? No, we already did the turbo. Turbo was first. Oh, turbo was first? Yeah. Turbo 300 was horse. The, so, so it's kind of complicated, honestly. The, there's, there's essentially two different types of injectors that are in, in use now. There's what's referred to as hybrid injectors, which is a 5-to-1 injection ratio, and then we've got A-code injectors, which all of the stock injectors were A-codes, uh, and they're a 7-to-1 injection ratio. And it means a couple different things. But the biggest thing is uh, when it comes to choosing whether a pump, like a high-pressure oil pump, will keep up with injectors, it has to do with capacity and then what injection ratio it is. So usually you're going to so, marry the pump and the injector together, so you upgrade, generally speaking, both at the same time. Pretty much. Okay. And then typically we'd like to pick the turbo based on the injectors, um, but we like to pick the injectors based on the use of the truck. Okay. So, uh, and then, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of the case with any build you're going to do. Of course. It's the, the fuel is what is going to make your power. The turbo is going to determine how it's going to drive and how usable that, that fuel is going to be, essentially. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't work exactly like that, but that's the best way to grasp you know, how to understand what parts are going to work together. Okay. And so basically the, the first step would be like, a, you know, and what works, like especially on a Super Duty or even a, you know, a great setup for an old body style truck um, is just simply putting uh, AC code injectors in it, which is just a 160-0. And most of the time, and this is where like referring to injectors as stages can get confusing. So I don't really like to do it that way. Um, the, there's two numbers in the injector that are important. There's the first number, which in this case would be a 160, and that means it has 160 cc capacity. That's the total amount of fuel that can be injected over 1,000 injection events is how it's rated. And then the second number is going to be the nozzle size. So if the 160.0, or in Swap's case, they call it a one, um, 146, which makes it kind of confusing too, but it's a zero, it's a stock nozzle. Uh, and then you have like a, you know, 160-30 or 160-80 or, you know, 200, 100. So the first number is the capacity, the second number is the nozzle size and percentage over stock. So one of the best upgrades for OBS trucks, or just, a, just if you're purely just wanting to change your injectors out, keep it on the cheap, and you want something that is going to be pretty efficient, um, just AC codes, just 160 zeros are awesome. They're great for towing. They're very easy to tune. They'll get you another, you know, 50 or so horsepower. Um, they don't take, you know, a crazy turbo upgrade to run them. Um, I think that's kind of like, if you're an old man, you're looking to just get your truck back up to good power. That's a great way to go. And on an old body style truck, they will run without even having tuning on them. So they'll run just like stock. Oh. But if you put tuning on them, then we can we can make, you know, quite a lot more power than stock, but double what stock did. When do we start getting into the expensive stuff? I thought I had always heard a lot of problems about the rotating assembly with 7.3s if you get up past, like, 450, 500 horsepower. It's, there's really no set-in-stone number that's safe or not safe, but 
typically on the forged rod engines, which almost everything from 94 to somewhere around 2000, 2001, um, they had forged connecting rods. And generally, they're fairly reliable up to around like 500 to 550 horsepower. And by reliable, I mean, I like, I wouldn't do that kind of a build and then <laughs> in, in to build cross country. But I would say most of the time it works out okay. Uh, and then after that, in 2001 to 2003, uh, they had powdered, powdered metal rods. Um, and they're kind of like top where I would say I would not go past that would be is around, you know, 450 ish horsepower uh, to the ground. Oh, wow. So, so they went, they went down with the newer ones. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely not as, uh, not as robust as the forge rods. And you, again, you can make more power. Lots of people have, uh, but when it comes to like what I would actually recommend somebody do, um, I mean, I've got, we've had guys that'll make 550 horsepower on powdered metal rods and it works. And, uh, one customer in particular, he had, a uh, he had 250, 100 injectors, a I think it had an S472 on it, um, you know, fuel system, high pressure oil pump, all that stuff. And he had a powdered metal rod engine that it lasted several years on that setup. So that's a solid, you know, 550 horsepower setup and uh, no problems at all. Uh, and I think he ended up just freshening up a, a forge motor to put in there, uh, like one of the earlier, more robust engines. And I think within a week, he popped the rod in it. Oh, wow. So there's not... You, a powdered metal engine held it, and the forge rod didn't. So it's kind of, it's you know, just very general what they will or won't hold. Yeah, I but, always, uh, I always tell guys on like the Duramax stuff or even the Cummins stuff. Like we have these ideas, and we have like some background and experience of what engines will actually handle. But at the same time, like an 01 to 05 Duramax, LB7 or LOI, we generally tell guys like 600, 650. Well, I've seen engines fail at 450 horsepower, and I've seen these engines support 750 horsepower. Yeah. You know, so it's just, yep. you know, it's the luck of the draw. I, I hate to say that, but it's just that, you know, it depends on what day that engine was built on. Yep, exactly. And that's one of the things that I think needs to be, you know, aftermarket performance stuff is, it's so popular. And I think that people want to believe that if you spend, you know, five or ten thousand dollars on a build that it's going to be reliable you know and that just isn't the case like if you're staying with a if you're staying with a stock engine and you're wanting to make more power just because you spent a lot of money does not mean it's going to be as reliable as stock and i think that's just uh, it's just part of what we you know have to understand like it can be great or you can have a problem but if you're going to modify it heavily and you're going to make double what you made stock there's a the risk. potential for problems in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is real. Uh, you, you know, and one of the other things that I think is real is how much shock I have on my face every time I see a 7.3 at the drag strip, like during one of the diesel events, yeah. run a <laughs> kick-ass pass. Like, just run yeah. with the common rail, guys. I know there's not a lot of them out there, but there's a few. Uh, Dusty, do you by chance, what, what's the highest horsepower 7.3 you've ever been behind the wheel of? Been behind the wheel of. Um, honestly, I haven't been behind anything crazy. Uh, we've got a, a shop truck. You know, my business partner has a, he's got a dually um, that 
is right around 650 horsepower. Um, it's a it's a early '99 um, just crew cab dually. It's a it's a sexy truck. It's beautiful. Um, it's got like lizard skin paint on it, and it's pretty sweet. But I would say that's probably about the highest, right around 650. Um, now, last year it would have been last May at the 7.3 Jamboree, which most years is a it's an event that IRA Diesel puts on. Um, and it's usually a closed group thing, but, uh, they opened it up to the public and, uh, and a friend of mine has a shop in Michigan, uh, Mario at night shift diesel. He built a sweet, sweet single cab short bed. Uh, I think it's a 2000, you know, built engine, DTS transmission. He's got, uh, triples on it. They built a triple kit for it. And he had a 300, 350, 200 injectors. I think that's probably one of the first triple turbo seven threes. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody built one before that I don't know about, but it is just a gorgeous build. And, uh, on fuel, I think we made seven ninety something, seven ninety eight or something like that. Uh, I never got to drive in the truck. I actually went down there to live tune it, but four seven three on fuel. That is, that is insane. Wait a minute. So, you got to tune it and he wouldn't let you take it around the block. Like, come on. That's a, you get the truck for the whole weekend. I know the deal. Well, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he drove it. He drove it from Michigan all the way to Tennessee the day after they got the entire build done. Oh my god! And was still running the tuning I had built for it before he finished, like before he did all this to it. <laughs> and that's what he ended up dynoing with. I didn't even get a chance to tune it. And then it had a, a flex plate. Well, I think one of the bolts broke off of the flex plate or something oh, on the dyno. So, yeah. What a blast, man! Cool. Yeah, there there have been some really cool ones. I swear to God, every time I'm at a diesel day at the drag strip, there's always one seven three that flies down the track, and I have to do a triple take to see yeah. well, what the hell was yeah. that. The seven three is kind of like the underdog, you know. Like six liters, when six liter came out, they made a name for themselves and a reputation. You can make some legitimate power for sure. Um, six fours, six sevens. There's really no reason to get into that. We already know what the outcome is. And Paul, like for us, we're spoiled with common rail injection and you know oh, yeah. oh tune only you can do this turbo upgrade you're this you upgrade the fuel sky's the limit and you know one thing that we always educate our customers on is the ability to grow over time where i've taken out of this the 7.3 isn't like if you do this you have to do that and the injector's capable or has this capacity where it's not as build over time friendly if right. you will, you know, you kind of have to have an end goal of what the the power output and the use of the truck's going to be, and there's usually a couple things you have to do at the same time. Um, but when you get a seven three and it, you know, 190 horsepower stock, 190 horsepower stock, you know, the the, the lowest horsepower Duramax that we play around with stock is 100 horsepower more than that being an yeah. LB seven. So to do a mm-hmm. tune only and you know grow 110 horsepower and do a couple upgrades. You know, when you're talking 500, 600 horsepower out of a six, uh, out of a seven three, like that, that that's a big deal. That, yeah, it's it's you know, impressive. No lie, no so, lie. That's that's cool. I learned a lot from this. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, dust. it gets expensive fast. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I Pretty definitely fun. agree. <laughs> I remember you started this because it was such a cheap truck. So. <laughs> yeah, it didn't end up. It didn't end that way. But. Dusty, uh, I, I actually one of the reasons I reached out to you today was I had come across a podcast that you're hosting 
Um, I, I know you're still working out like maybe a release schedule. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast and what they can expect to hear over there? Yeah, so I've got a, I've got a face for radio, uh, but I also have a voice that most people probably shouldn't hear. So, hey, you and Chris and both. Then, so I, thought, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that. Oh shit. <laughs> So I'm sorry. Yeah, so what's uh, so what's I'm the like, name of the I'll show? Like articles. It's the 102030 soul. Sorry. 1023 What is my show? what is the show called? 1023 soul shop talk. That's what it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so basically it started just we like as you know, it's so there's so much information that is so dependent on the end user of whatever they're buying, whether it be, like you said, injectors, tires, lifts, you know, turbos, fuel system. And so we're trying to find ways to um, just get in front of more people and explain things that, you know, we might spend all day on the phone explaining um, that is in a format that is kind of, you know, a little bit more fun, like something you can put in just like you guys do. I mean, I, I've listened to your podcast from the very beginning and, uh, and I love it. And, it's more like, you know, if we can touch another base of people and get good information out there, that's the point of it. And, you know, I don't have a lot of time to put into it. I've got tons of episodes recorded. I've never finished and I've never, you know, edited or published. And <laughs> one day we'll figure that out. But uh, once every couple of months we'll post one. I love uh, it. I do, want, I do want to start posting more. Well, we're we're like three, four years into this, and Paul still hasn't figured the shit out. So I, you got time. I think I just checked the other day. I think we're five years and five hundred. Five years and five hundred episodes. Five hundred like episodes. Ro- we're rolling up on the number. Five hundred episodes. Yeah, I don't know if we hit it, but I, we're getting wow. close. It, it doesn't matter because that is so you, many. You know, for but right, and and here's the, here's one of the advantages we have, Dusty, is Chris and I don't have to run a business day to day. No, Chris and I work here. We're employees. And this, like I always say, like this started off as a way for me to get out of work at four thirty on Fridays because I could fuck off for a half hour talking <laughs> and not having to do like actual work. And and then hey, but you know, there by the grace of God, right? It has grown and, and become something yeah. that's awesome. And I'm always excited to see new guys enter the space. Uh, uh, another podcast out there, I think is great. I think it's awesome. Oh. I think there's more people. I know personally, as somebody who consumes way too much podcasting, that is um, true. I'm I'm always looking for another show, and I think a lot of our listeners are too. Yep. So, guys, I've listened to Dusty's. I, I want to say five or six episodes that are up right now. Uh, if you if you like our show, I think you're going to really like hearing from Dusty too. Now, most and forgive me here because it's mixing together with all of the shows I listened to last week. Um, but most of your shows are just you talking. Some of them are just me talking, and we've done a couple interviews. I think that are posted. Uh, one, I have one that we posted with my brother, and we sound identical, so people probably think I'm talking to myself. But uh, yeah, they're—I would say they're about half interviews and half just me blabbering. It, I, I thought That's it was—I awesome. thought it was so good, man. I—I I really like it, guys. I think you're going to get a kick out of it. It—it uh, it, it so much reminded me of our first batch of episodes where we were just starting, just figuring it out. Uh, listeners, trust me. Give it a listen. Check out a couple of episodes. I think you guys are going to all want to subscribe. Uh, Dusty, if they want to follow up with you, if, if by accident I got some 7-3 fans listening to the show today, I love you guys, um, how can they get a hold of you to learn more about 1023 Diesel? 
So you can check us out on our website. It's just 1023diesel.com. So it's just 1023diesel.com. Our phone number's on there. It's 1-833-773-1023. Or you can send us an email. That'll just be dusty at 1023diesel.com or sales at 1023diesel.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram, too. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to talk to our listeners. We really appreciate it. Um, Anybody you want to give a shout-out to? Man, there's so many people that have helped us get where we are. Um, I definitely... My wife, who has put up with me working 20-hour days for five years, and uh, and my business partner Robert Robert Wright, two of the most influential people in my life, absolutely wonderful. Well, that's awesome. We all need a great support group, uh, Dusty. I think we did a great show here today. I'm excited. Guys, next week we're also going to have some new interviews coming at you. We got some exciting stuff going on. A little bit of a teaser here for since you're listening to the end of our episode. I just got our shipment of draggies in last week. We are going to try to revive our draggy drag race competition. Oh, more to come down that in the future. For today, this has been Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. Not so humble brag, bro. You know, yeah, you know, I'm enjoying, <laughs> I've enjoyed.